passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. It is John Pollock. Welcome back to Post Wrestling. And I know that there has been an outcry from people that the first of the year came and went, and everyone was asking me, where is the MMA prediction show? I was not going to let anybody down. I am back from Japan, and I can only start off the year with one tradition, and that is reconnecting with our good pal, ESPN's Ariel Helwani. Welcome to the 2020 prediction show. John, thank you very much for having me once again. If I'm being honest, I was one of those people who was getting a little nervous. Uh, you were a little later than usual as far as your, your email is concerned. And one thing I just want to say about you, you're one of the last people who uh, communicates with me via email. I feel like most people just text me these days. <laughs> but as far as setting up interviews, it's always via email. Is it? Uh, which I find to be very interesting. Yes, it's always via email. Now, to like confirm times or are you ready, this and that, the quick stuff. But the initial, the initial exchange is always via email, which I, I, I don't begrudge you for. I just think uh, it's a bit of a throwback, if you will. Um, but anyway, uh, I think this is the latest we've ever done one of these. And I just want to say I think it's entirely your fault because I was around. I was waiting and, and ready, but you were in Japan. I was in Japan. I mean, we could have done this earlier, but it would have been very, very hectic with a 14-hour uh, time zone difference so that that was difficult yeah. uh on the email front i just feel like it's i don't i don't want to make it sound urgent for you a text can be very urgent but uh l let us let us pull the curtain back you and i we also do have uh texting exchange as well so we we do we do, we yeah. do exchange texts well, that's every why now and then interesting yes that's why it's interesting because we'll exchange texts and then for the actual booking of the show you always go email listen i i i always I always bring this up, but I feel you possess some of the same qualities as me, so I don't feel weird talking about yeah. it. But I, I always <laughs> feel that I am the burden on people, and I feel like I text you. It's like I understand this is a friend of mine. It's almost like I'm locking, I'm like putting you into a corner. Like, when are you going to come on the show? There's no out here. And the email, it does give you a little bit of a leeway to uh, get back to me. If there's one person who can sympathize with this, it's me. This is this is my my jail, my personal jail each, each and every week. So I understand. I'm just saying, I like it, and I feel like the people should know that you're 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 that understanding and courteous. You don't have to do it, but I got excited when I got the yearly email asking me and asking me. At this point, I feel like I'm locked into this like for as long as we're you know friends or in media. Like you you always ask me if I'm up for it. I'm like I actually look forward to this. Well, I'm, gl I'm glad. I, I pick my spots with you, Ariel. I'm not someone that's going to come yeah. to you uh, every month asking for a favor. I cash it all in in January. This is the eighth annual MMA prediction show. Wow. That's crazy. That's actually pretty crazy. Uh, eighth annual. Wow. I can't believe you wanted to do this with me eight years ago. But uh, here we are. It's a new year. And my favorite part is 
learning about what I said going into this year and seeing how right I was. So I'm very curious about that. Yes. So for those that are maybe tuning in for the first time that have not seen the seven previous incarnations of the MMA prediction show, we're going to go back and we're going to look at the predictions that were made last year. And then we're going to make a brand new list. It's a very simple game called Likely Unlikely that uh, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts uh, during my trip to Japan, and this new game called True or False came up, and I, I could not help but notice the the similarities to likely, unlikely. Wow. But if there's anyone who I'm going to license it out to, it's the man on the other line here. Wow, wow. That was a little subtle shot. Uh, I appreciate you listening. By the way, were you really in the middle seat for the entire trip down there? The 13-plus hour plane ride there, I was in the middle seat, and... The the silver lining, though, was coming home. I got an aisle seat at the very last row next to the washroom. So that was a breeze in comparison to the middle seat going from Chicago all the way to Tokyo. I don't know what's worse. Next to the bathroom aisle seat? Oh, it's... What's worse than... There, there's nothing worse than being the guy that, you know, you, you have to bother them to have to get up and go to the bathroom. So I prefer the aisle for that reason yeah. alone and, and less distance to travel as well. I had no issue being near, near the washroom, but it was being in the middle seat. Someone no. falls asleep and you really have to go to the bathroom. I'm just going to sit there until that person wakes up. I, I, I don't have it in me to like wake the person up and say, Hey, sorry, I got to get out here. Oh, I would definitely wake them up. I, I, I feel we could, we, we could do an hour on just, uh, social yeah. anxieties out there. I think it would be riveting stuff for, for everybody listening that just wants to hear us, uh, randomly make selections about. Wait, I have one more question. One yes. more question. Did Wei have a middle seat as well? See, Wei and I were separated, uh, on the flight over there. So I don't even, I think he might have had an aisle seat, which he did, he Wait, did book this flight. So this? It, it may have been. That, a, that would have been my first question. Yep. That would have been my first thing I asked him. Wait, I have an, a middle seat and you, what do you have? That would have been the number. You didn't even ask him this? This didn't come up? I'm fairly certain he had an aisle seat, but it did not come up. He was aware I had a middle seat. I think I made that known. That is shocking. Maybe he just felt bad and didn't want to rub it in. Yeah. I don't know if Wei's ever coming back. He's still in Japan as we speak. Oh, really? Yeah. He was, uh, he's off with his girlfriend, so he's gone for another week. I'm all, I'm all by my lonesome here. If I had known in advance, you could have, uh, maybe watched, uh, Raw or AEW with me or, or countless other oh, yeah. wrestling programs. Cause it's a very quiet week for you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> for sure. Yeah. We could have, uh, watched, uh, an episode of, uh, 1999 Thunder. That would have been fun. Did a little review on that. Um, uh, a particular one that I always enjoyed was the uh, Spring Stampede. Uh, I think that's when um, uh, David Arquette won. By the way, isn't Bash at the Beach coming back this week? It is. It's it's like a two-week themed event that they're doing, with this week being in an arena, and the next week's Bash at the Beach is going to be on, uh, on a boat. It's on the Jericho Cruise. So it's going to be Come matches on. on a cruise ship. Oh my gosh, it's like Shades of uh, Mall, of, Mall of the America, or Mall of America, what is it called? That yes, Mall the, the, the Mall of America for the, for the first Nitro. Mall of America, yes. Hey, have like you watched any, any AEW? I believe you were tuning in on, on the first week. Have you, have you checked in at yeah. all on AEW? Yes, I've checked in a couple times, um, and uh, I, I like it. it. It reminds me a little bit of, of Nitro, you know, just going to TNT and the look, the ropes, the ring. Um, I will say I find some of the production value to be a little minor league. 
uh, one time in particular I was watching and Jericho was on the mic and uh, it just, the acoustics sounded horrible. And then I went to NXT and I was like, ah, this is what it should sound like. Um, and, and some of the skits and stuff, it's, you know, I, I wish they would stay away from that stuff because they're trying to be, you know, the, the hardcore fans and, and just be what, you know, sports entertainment isn't. Um, but it's great to have an alternative. And, uh, I, I like, um, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna botch his name. You probably know who I'm gonna say. MJF? Yes. Yeah, I think he's a good character. He's funny. Um, so I like, uh, Moxley's great and, uh, Jericho, of course, has been great, uh, the champion. So it's good. It's, it's, I hope, I hope pro wrestling continues to go in this direction. I'm a big fan of competition, as you know, even in the world of MMA. I like when the athletes have, multiple outlets and multiple platforms and multiple suitors. So I hope, and I just actually listened to a great interview with Tony Khan. If I can give a, a, a plug to my yes. employer, uh, he was on the Dan Lebetard podcast, the South beach sessions podcast. Tony Khan was a guest last week. I don't know if you've heard it, but it was great to learn more about him. He's a fascinating guy. So uh, it was a really great listen that I actually just listened to this morning. I have not heard it, so uh, I, I was aware that he was doing this show, but I will I will definitely check that out. He's been uh, he, yeah. he has done some interviews, but hasn't been uh, overly uh, out there in the public eye since AEW launched. But yeah, v- very interesting guy. Like yeah. a, like grew up an observer reader, and now here is a guy that's yeah you know does you know he's involved with the Jacksonville Jaguars with the Fulham FC soccer team, and yeah. now helping to run a wrestling company. So it's it's kind of insane what this guy's workload is. Yeah, and he was talking about how he convinced his dad and what he had to do and, you know, what his life is like. Like you said, I mean, working for a football team, working for a soccer team, those jobs are hard enough. And now the position that he's in, he's a very likable guy. I mean, I think he's like around our age. Yeah. Um, and, and was talking about his, his, you know, his younger years watching. So they're easy to root for, and I hope that they succeed. Well, we are going to find out if Ariel Hawani succeeded last year. So we're going oh, to go yeah. revisit the likelies and unlikelies that we laid out for 2019. And I've broken them up into the ones you categorized as likely and then the ones you categorized as unlikely. And we're going to see how you did. So starting things off last year, we, we asked Ariel, would the Toronto Blue Jays win 60 games Ariel believed it was likely, and they did. 67 wins. So that, that is one, one, uh, attribute in the Toronto Blue Jays' favor from a very dismal season. They at least hit 60 games. Another likely was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. becoming an everyday player for the Blue Jays. Again, Ariel, you were on the likely bandwagon for Vladdy. Yes. (laughs) Kawhi Leonard is a Toronto Raptor at the end of 2019. That was a likely, and that was your, that was clearly your heart speaking last year as Kawhi wow, just up I and left us. It. Moved on. I, I definitely, I definitely said that I was picking my heart on that one because I didn't believe that, but nevertheless, fine. Tom Wright resurfaces and does an interview addressing his UFC career and his release from the company. Uh, you had said likely, and. I believe after this interview, you wow. had even told me that ESPN had done something with Tom Wright, but I don't believe he has really gone through the real deep dive into his exit from the UFC. And amazingly, Ariel, from someone that, you know, living in Canada, this guy was quite the power broker for some time in Canadian mixed martial arts. And now a name that 
I would imagine a lot of fans are not even familiar with anymore. Yeah. I feel like you and I are the only ones who care that he just kind of disappeared and didn't talk to us. Like, this stuff actually bothers me. I was talking about it with New York Brick about Lorenzo, and obviously that's on a much bigger scale. But it's just so weird when you have someone who's in the public eye and, you know, you see from, you know, from time to time, and then they just disappear. Like, can, can I get some closure? Can I find out what happened? Um, I feel like at this point, to your point, like the, the, the ship has, has kind of sailed and I don't know if he's ever going to talk again, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a little sad because he was really important. Like that was a really, obviously wasn't on the level of Mark Ratner, but I think politically and strategically here in Canada and Australia really as well. Like, for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he, yep. cu- he cu- cut through uh, a lot. Like Ontario was just going nowhere. And this guy came in and within a year in that position, UFC's running Rogers Center and r- really opening up yep. that, that province. So, uh, so, someone that, you know, certainly made his, his impact, uh, felt at that time, at least in this part of the world. Cain yep. Velasquez's combination of fights and wrestling matches is two or greater. He would have one MMA fight back in February, but wrestling matches, he had several this year and not just, uh, for one promotion. He wrestled in WWE. He wrestled in AAA. You said likely, and that one was correct this year. Wait, this time last year, Cain Velasquez pro wrestler was an actual thing that people were talking about? No, it was, um, he was, I'm trying to remember when it was announced that he would do AAA. I don't think it was till like March that he was announced for that. But I think I know, he had so said, why did you even ask me that question? Because oh, he, had, he was just about to fight Nganu. He was about to fight Nganu, but I think we were going out on a limb because he had done the, the <laughs> appearance for at, at NXT where he had gone there to train. And I believe he had spoken uh, to you that that was something he wanted to do with professional wrestling. So uh, at least the seed had been planted, but we were definitely going a bit out on a limb here. Not, I was not expecting him to be uh, in, in the roles that he would be uh, throughout the year in pro wrestling. By the way, is he still on TV? I haven't heard of him in a while. He was just did, – did you see the, the quote-unquote match with, with Brock Lesnar? I saw parts of it, and it looked like – It was pretty terrible. Total, I mean, yeah. they Well, they didn't use him the way AAA used him. No, no. They used him the more ineffective way, to, in my opinion. And yeah. after that, like, he loses clean. Not just clean, but he submitted by Brock. It was just so unimpactful. And then he disappeared. He was, he's been gone ever since. Where is he? Well, uh, he's, I believe that Meltzer has reported that he's scheduled for the Royal Rumble. He has not been announced for anything yet, but I don't believe he ever had that knee surgery, which I had heard was uh-huh. something that, you know, he was certainly, I think the company wanted him to get at, at some point, but to my knowledge, he, he has not gotten that, that knee surgery. So I don't know. It's kind of a strange deal. What his, uh, because after the Brock match, it just felt there was there was no momentum for this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Disappointing because the first two AAA matches were so great and everyone was buzzing, and then they just turned him into the stereotypical like brawler X fighter, um, which just seems very not creative. But uh, yeah, I wish him the best. This next one is up for interpretation. CM Punk oh. attends a professional wrestling show in any capacity. Now, he didn't technically go to a wrestling show, but he did join a wrestling television show in WWE backstage. So I'm willing to give you this one, Ariel, but the people can decide if that one... I said uh, likely? You did say likely on this. 
Yeah. Wait, what, was it this year or last year that he supposedly did the run-in um, with the mask? That was last year. That was 2018? I believe so, yes. Well, anyway, I mean, he's on backstage. Like, what else do you want? I'm giving it to you because I think it's uh, the, the, the spirit of the prediction was CM Punk being tied to professional wrestling. And I think he definitely was. I don't think this would have been the, uh, the comeback I would have envisioned. Have you seen any of, you know, he's only been on this show like twice since he's joined it. Did you I know. see him at all? I saw the debut uh, when he was unveiled and you said, just when they think uh, they have the answers, I changed the culture. That was cool. And then I think I saw the next one, but I haven't really seen. I think that's been it. I think he's only been on twice, two or three times is all he's been on. It's not like he's a weekly fixture on this panel. So are people disappointed? Uh, It's not even so much disappointment. It's almost like it's out of sight, out of mind. Like it's, it's there. It's, it's almost like if you, if you wanted to come back, you're, you could have done it in a, in a way bigger way. I just don't feel yeah. he, he wants to be all in with WWE. I mean, this is a comfortable distance for him, uh, with, with a Fox vehicle, but I don't know. It just, it just doesn't seem like it's anything that anybody is really focused upon. Like CM Punk coming back. If you were to tell me what's, what's his return that would have the least amount of impact, this is probably close to it. Wait, let me ask you this. Do you get the show in Canada? No, we don't. Oh, so I was going to ask you, is it even a good show? Like, is it truly a shoot or is it kind of a work shoot? I mean, it's it's very much. I mean, Renee Young has even spoken about the fact that, you know, there's stuff that they, they know they can't get away with. There's, you know, they will pitch. The, like, it's it's a Fox show, but it is very much going to be comes across like it, it is a WWE produced news show. That's how it feels. Okay. Yeah. Chris Weidman and Luke Rockhold have their rematch, but it takes place at light heavyweight. You said likely oh to my. this. Both men would fight that at light is. heavyweight, but not with one another. Yeah. Not good. So close. And the last one here was ESPN plus adds a professional wrestling company that you also said. Likely oh, no. To. no professional wrestling Damn it. on ESPN Plus. Which I still think they should add it, but what do I know? Wait, so I did really bad, huh? Wait, well, that, those are the likelies, okay? The unlikelies, oh, okay. you cleaned house on this, okay? So mm. rather than uh, go by all of them, like literally of all of these unlikelies, you got one wrong. So that tells me that wow. I, ha- I had some absolutely crazy premises to throw at you last year and you were just not buying into any of them and and good on you because most of them did not occur the lone one you got wrong in the unlikely category was the toronto maple leafs and toronto raptors each go to the third round of the playoffs the raptors went further the leafs did not and i said unlikely you said unlikely i think you were Uh, i think you were less uh optimistic about the toronto maple leafs chances But these are the ones you nailed, okay? The New York Knicks win 30 games. You said unlikely. They only won 17. Yes. (laughs) This one's one's kind of hilarious. Brian Burke replaces Don Cherry on Hockey Night in Canada. You said unlikely. Don Cherry gone, but Brian Burke did not uh, assume his his vacant seat. Damian Cox returns to primetime sports. That did not happen. Wow, that's a crazy one in hindsight. Yes, I know. Uh, rest in peace, primetime sports. 
Alima Leigh McFarlane appears on a major late night talk show. Kayla Harrison is signed by the UFC. Daniel Cormier retires, which I will say a year ago, that was a, that was a fairly bold prediction. Yeah. To, to call a year out that he would not retire at some point this year. He had, this was when we had the March deadline, but the fact yeah. that he is, you know, clearly going to fight again, I don't know if many people would have said that one year ago. Uh, in an effort to res- resurrect the ultimate fighter, there is another all-female season with one of the coaches being Gina Carano. You said unlikely. Oh, uh, you, UFC couldn't get Gina Carano, but you did in 2019. Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. A hell of an interview if you want to uh, go and uh, see how unbelievable Dana White's text message game was to blow <laughs> such an enormous money-making opportunity. Mind-boggling listening to that interview, but completely... Uh, would not shock anyone at the same time. What about the, how he doubled down? Oh, I know. When he f- clearly got caught with his hand in the cookie jar and just just to- total arrogance, I guess, is was just, yeah. just doubling down. Amazing. On, yep. It, I don't think I did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> by the end of 2019, the UFC heavyweight champion is John Jones. He said unlikely. You also said unlikely to Ronda Rousey appearing on your show in 2019. Uh, that did not that did not oh. occur. No. Max Holloway fights Connor. <laughs> How about that? Well, there you go. One of uh, Mr. Yeah. Slater's uh, clients came onto your show. That's right. Uh, you said Max Holloway and Conor McGregor would not happen this year, uh, but you didn't you didn't rule out it happening at some point. Uh, down the road. So that okay. another one for you. Uh, Tyron Woodley signing with Bellator. No. Stipe Miocic leaves the UFC. Definitely did not happen. The PFL's 155-pound women's tournament for the million-dollar prize comes down to Kayla Harrison versus Chris Cyborg. That did not happen. Oh. But, man, a few different negotiations. Maybe Chris Cyborg could have ended yeah. up in the PFL. But not to be. Not this year. Bellator goes exclusively to DAZN. UFC Fight Pass adds a professional wrestling company. There, there was no, uh, there was no love for the professional wrestling uh, entities by any streaming companies. A press conference takes place involving Dana White and Bob Arum. No to that. Golden Boy MMA two. You said unlikely. One Championship runs a North American card that's broadcast on TNT. Jimmy Smith is signed by the PFL. ESPN Plus announces a spinoff show called Ariel and the Good Guy, hosted by Ariel Hawani and <laughs> new colleague Daniel Cormier. I th- I seriously thought of all my wacky ideas, that one had a chance. Yeah. No, I mean, actually, a lot of these, I feel like, like a, 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 a move here, a move there, a zig, a zag. I feel, I feel like, I, like just listening to them, I'm like, that one could have happened or that one might have been close. So they're actually not that crazy. Well, the last one was absolutely insane. And to your credit, you said unlikely. And that was that Ali Abdelaziz would take a page out of Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks by taking all of his fighters and launching his own promotion with the first show titled Ali In. What? I have no recollection of this whatsoever. I I didn't either until I was like rereading these from last year. I guess this was... uh, This was one of my uh, late night uh, predictions that I came up with. That was uh, absolutely That's insane. Kind of brilliant. absurd. So there That's you go. Kind of brilliant. I think everyone gets a get a, gets a sense of the game. So that that was two thousand 
19. So Ariel had his clearly highest performance to date because uh, the unlikelies wow. propelled him to a record of 26 out of 31, 84%. Correct. Last year, Whoa. Ariel. So you you have set just this is Ted Williams hitting 400. I mean, this is a mark that uh, I don't know it will ever be reached again because you just cleared the table or cleaned the table with the unlikelies. Wow, 26 for 31. Holy smokes! All right, here we go. Let's okay, do it. here we are. 2020. We're gonna get things warmed up with some non MMA ideas yes. and predictions number one this is this is a major one especially up here in canada and i know near and dear to your heart bob mccowan launches a show within the tsn bell media family Ooh, that's an interesting twist uh i was about to say likely but then when you put the tsn bell media caveat i will now say unlikely wow do you know where tsn's headquarters is it's right off of McCowan. Scarborough, right? Yeah, in Scarborough. But the street is, uh, that it's just off of is McCowan. So the promos write themselves if this guy ever makes it there. But, uh, but is it, it's not an honor of him, though, right? No, 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 no. It's just a coincidence. But I'm sure he'll take credit if he you, ever went there. Do you think he reemerges? I absolutely think he reemerges. My guess is that he's got some kind of severance package that he is waiting out. Uh, but I'll say, I've really missed him. Yeah, I, I couldn't listen to primetime sports afterwards. I know they've rebranded it now, and I like the people that are on it. Yeah. But I mean, that was that was my ritual listening to that show, especially the roundtable. I don't, I don't love the name. Uh, if I'm being honest, it doesn't feel like a big time radio show name. It's like a nice podcast name, if you know what I mean. But it's oh, not is like this a big uh, the writer's block? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Um. And I will say, I, I really miss the Friday roundtable. I really miss that. Yeah, they do a version of it now on Mondays. But to me, it was kind of liked it on the no, Friday. You've just you've yeah, ruined uh, tradition. That That is what you, you've upset my yeah. schedule. I told you what my tradition was, right? I would, I would clean the house, take out the garbage, like big cleaning, Friday night, kids sleeping. And I would listen to that. And I would genuinely look forward to it. It was just a great way to end the week, you know? That NHL deal. What a massacre. Yeah. Yeah. Don, Don Cherry joins TSN. Unlikely. Unlikely. So TSN will not be picking up two coveted free agents. Oh. Or maybe not so coveted for some. Yeah. The, the Toronto Raptors fail to get out of the second round of the NBA playoffs. They get upset this year, Ariel. Is that, I mean, is that an upset, though? Oh. Um, you know, the, I, I will say that uh, the Raptors are much better than people think. And I like the fact that almost in hindsight, they're getting a lot more credit than uh, they got last year, especially with the way the Clippers are struggling. People are realizing it wasn't just all Kawhi, even though he was a big part. Here I am putting my NBA hat. I don't know if you know this, John, but I do little sidelines these days. I'm very aware. You you were up uh, here for the, the Christmas Day game. Yeah, I was. Where were you? I was, where was I on Christmas Day? I was, uh, I was bouncing around between, uh, m- multiple families. We should, we, I, I could have had you over. Yeah. Fin- finish nice. the game. Come over for yeah. some, some Christmas dinner well, of some sort. Um, I think they will. So the question is, will they get by the second round? No, they won't get out of the second round. Second round or, yeah. or they're out earlier. Yeah. Health has been a big issue. 
Um, golly, uh, I'll say that is likely. They will. They will not get by the second round. Oh, okay. Ariel Hawani is courtside during any one oh. of the NBA Finals. Now you can update me. Whoa. I don't know what is ESPN's presence at these NBA Finals. Are they involved in this? Would 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 this even be a possibility? Yes. Okay, it could be. Yeah, well, well, it airs on ABC, but ABC, ESPN, it's all the same family, right. so it's the same people uh, who work on the games. Now, when you say courtside, you mean working or as a fan? I'm going to say in a working capacity. Oh, like sidelines. Uh, yes. Gosh. See, like, it's a tough one because I want to do that, but I also don't want to jinx myself. And, uh, but I also want to have confidence in myself, right? Um, this uh, this is the joy of this show. This is where we we hit the real <laughs> psychological high, where yes. it's it's self analysis that is going to force yes. Ariel to really confront his his skill set that is out there that he's yeah. going to have to acknowledge here. That he's gonna he's gonna have to put on a bit of an ego here and say, yeah. "Damn right, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, be yeah. there." That's right. And the other thing is, you know, there's great people working there, and I don't want to, you know, I think it's a bad look to publicly campaign for someone's job so with all that being said i will say while i would love to do it it, it is unlikely well it's a, that was a very canadian answer of you ariel <laughs> michael landsberg is added oh. to hockey night in canada whoa yes that is a random one um he leaves his home of tsn and he pops up at Hockey Night in Canada that is going over a massive overhaul in the post-Don Cherry era. And Michael Landsberg finds himself on Hockey Night in Canada. By the way, who replaced Don Cherry? Or no, no one, one replaced him. him. They've, they've kind of just kept that segment like open. Uh, and I think that was smart. I think anyone they put in that chair would have just been absolutely yeah. destroyed and gone within three months. You never want to be the person that replaces the institution. You want to be the person that replaces the replacement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so is Ron McLean still there? Ron McLean is still there. I think they're still like toying around with what they're going to do with that uh, with that first period break. But I, I am hardly the Hockey Night in Canada aficionado, so right. I, I don't know exactly what they're playing around with. But no one has been put in that role of Don Cherry. And this wouldn't be Which Michael Landsberg necessarily in that role. He would just be part sure, of sure. Hockey Night in Canada in some form or fashion. I will say unlikely to that one. And I will also say, I miss uh, Strombo. Where's my guy Strombo? I feel like he kind of got the uh, the raw end of the deal on that whole thing. And uh, I really enjoyed his show, especially on CBC, The Hour. Do you remember that show? Yes, absolutely. I, uh, I thought he had good guests. You know, he tried to do it on CNN for one summer. And I don't know, for whatever reason, it didn't work out. But I miss that guy. There was one time that I was in England on vacation. And I was walking around on the streets and George Strombolopoulos walks by. Here we wow. are. We're both in England, and we stopped and said hello to one another. And he was – anytime I've run into that guy, he's always been extremely personable. Uh, he, he used to do yeah. a show at the same time uh, when we were doing the law at this station, uh, CFRB, here in Toronto. Always a very – you know, seemed like a very nice, personable guy the few times I ever interacted with him. And what about Rick the Temp? Whatever happened to him? God, I went to I went to this '90s nostalgia concert <laughs> back in June, and he was one of the MCs. And dude, he looks oh identical God. to how he did 20 years ago. It's amazing that that guy and, has not aged a day in 20 years. 
And does he go by Rick the Temp? I think he goes just by Rick Campanelli now. He's on ET uh, Canada. He may still be on ET Canada. That's my. Oh, really? So yeah. he's still, uh, he's still like a guy. He's still a talent. He's still, he's still around in, di- in different forms. I'm not watching ET Canada, I but I believe he is still there. Good for him. Legend. All right. Uh, these are a few specific, uh, to your world. The first one, Ariel Hawani's MMA show features a guest appearance one week by the legendary Stephen Brunt. Oh, wow. Um, by the way, quick plug. I was on his, uh, his new dinner show. Did you see that? I did not see this. What's his new dinner show? Oh, you don't know about this? This is big. Uh, I think it actually launches next week. Stephen Brunt has a new interview show where he has dinner, but there's no real eating involved. Oh. Uh, we're just kind of at a dinner table. Um, and it's like a 20, 30 minute for now web only show. Um, and I was one of the guests and it was incredible. It was a great honor. Um, a promo was released late last week on uh, the Sportsnet social media and uh, he interviewed Dana. Uh, so he came to Vegas uh, when I was there for 245. Okay. And he interviewed a bunch of people in Vegas like myself, Dana, uh, Brent Musburger, um, Ed Olchek, and there's a couple other like Rob Gronkowski, Scotty Bowman. But anyway, yeah, so uh, that comes out. I think it's called Open Table with Stephen Brunt. Huh. And I know you uh, you share an affinity with him uh, of him like like I do. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, as far as him being on my show, you know that's, that that actually would be an interesting guest for the Wednesday show. I don't know about for the Monday show. Um, well, let's let's expand it. Uh, you know, I know you have a big empire now with yeah, spinoff yeah. shows here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, the Ariel Hawani sure, Empire sure. welcomes Stephen Brunt on as a guest. I, I kind of like it, to be honest. I'll say likely. I like the idea. I mean, you can really control this one. There's certain ones I just hand you, and it's uh, really, it's all up to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can I just That's say true. that as the, the wheels are spinning here, they really missed out on a very easy name for this, Stephen Brunch. Oh, my God. That should be the, con- That's the concept. Uh, maybe it's not too late. Yeah. That's a lot of meals that guy took in if he did all those interviews in one fell swoop down in Vegas. Yeah, but we never ate. Like, we didn't even order any food. We just sat at the table. So oh, maybe maybe that's the secret to it then for, for Brunt to yeah. do all these over, over food. Okay. I think you'll like this one. In an effort to embrace the minimalist culture of tight ship Troy, ESPN introduces <laughs> the daily MMA minute. Oh, my gosh. Um, what an idea. I just saw TST before I left. That's why I was late to this. Um by the way, what a nice little addition to the uh, to the crew, right? I mean, he's got a great flair for the dramatic with his tips and his voice. I think so, anyway. Dr- dropping tons um, of uh, no, had, had a has been a great contribution on the show. Thank you. Well, uh, he'd be very happy to hear that. Um, ESPN, uh, gosh, um, I will say unlikely. Unlikely. Okay, moving on to some MMA topics here. Mark Kerr is inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. Uh, that's a, you see, you're so smart. Only you would come up with one like that. Of course, the tie-in with The Rock and whatnot, uh, the movie, right? I mean, it's all so harmonious. Uh, I will go likely. Likely on Mark Kerr going in. 
Yeah, because of course now they can promote it as UFC Hall of Famer, right? It almost makes too much sense. So I'm not going to hold my breath. Bruce Buffer adjusts his pronunciation and introduces the UFC middleweight champion as Israel Adesanya. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I, I feel like this is so great. I feel like I'm the only one who's really fighting this fight at the moment. Um, and sometimes I struggle with it. Like, I don't have full confidence in myself when I do it. Uh, I will say unlikely. He's not a man that seems... It, sometimes it drives me nuts when it's so clear. Like, John Anik, to me, like, the gold standard when it comes to pronunciation. And it's so obvious yeah. that him and Bruce Buffer, they are not on the same page with the pronunciation. And John Anik is yeah. not going to give up his... And you, so you no. get like the two and it happens more often you, than you'd think if you're paying attention. Yep. 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 I agree. Um, when in doubt, go with Anik. I absolutely, absolutely. That is good advice. A UFC stadium card takes places here in New Zealand. Wow. Um, unlikely. Unlikely. Go to Australia to see a UFC. Eddie Alvarez returns to Bellator. Ooh. So you're going to say UFC. Um, wow, this is a fascinating one. Uh, it's a fascinating one because I think one of the stories of this year is going to be Bellator getting more aggressive and one less aggressive. Um, that being said... Man, that's a good one. That is a really good one. I would say unlikely. Do you think that this year was a step forward or a step back for one championship? Because they started this year off with a lot of, I think, optimism that they are going to be going after a lot of free agents. I think Eddie Alvarez and Demetrius Johnson, coupled with the TNT deal, provided a lot on the platform for 2019. I don't know if so much of that was realized, though, this year. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they signed Vitor and, like, what, what came of that? Um, Sage getting knocked out, I think, was a tough one for them. Uh, I, you know, I think that that 100 episode or episode, that, that 100 event was a good one that... The, was that was the one that, that uh, you want. 15 million people saw or 85 million people saw? I think it was, I think it was 15 billion. Oh, of course, uh, yes. The exact... With a B. Um, the, the world was watching, literally. Yes, the entire world was watching it. It was amazing. Everyone stopped. I think that that event was good, but that was the only one that was live on TNT. Uh, and I just think it's tough, you know, to, to do events that are happening across the world and to real, you know, to really um, make an impact here. I wonder, though, if they will actually come to America this year as they, as they've hinted. Um, I just feel like, why? Like, what is there to gain? Um, you've got a thing going on there. You're you're apparently doing well. What is there to gain? I don't I don't think they have enough talent to put on a show that would sell really well here in America. But uh, maybe I'm wrong. So yeah, that's a really great one because I think it's uh, there's a bit of foreshadowing involved. But ultimately, I'll say he doesn't go back to Bellator. All right, unlikely on Eddie Alvarez to Bellator. Yeah, there is at least one MMA card that takes place on Showtime. Likely. Likely. And remember, they are in the CBS Viacom family, so not uh, logistically impossible either. There is and at, le- at the moment, they have not. Uh, there's nothing there, but I feel like we're going in that direction. 
There is at least one boxing card on Fight Pass. Uh, yeah, well, I actually think there are already boxing cards on Fight Pass. I guess I should. I, I guess you're right. I I was looking more at the uh, the the Zufa boxing. Uh, Zufa ah, speci- well, specific. So let let's be specific on on Zufa boxing. Okay, so there'll be a Zufa boxing card on Fight Pass. Is the statement? Yes. Now, just let me make sure if there's a Zufa boxing card on some other platform, this doesn't count. Yeah, we'll keep it specific to Fight Pass. Okay, um, I will say unlikely. Okay, unlikely on that. The UFC introduces a female play-by-play or color analyst to their rotation of broadcasters. Unlikely. Unlikely. John Jones versus... Although I will say, uh, the one that uh, has the best chance, I think, is Laura Sanko, who I think does a really good job um, and uh, I think has come a long way as an ex-fighter slash broadcaster. Uh, not to say that she doesn't deserve it. I just don't think it will happen this year. John Jones versus Daniel Cormier 3. Likely or unlikely? Unlikely. The BMF title is defended and and promoted as such by the UFC. So it's not just like a, a fan initiative thing. It's the UFC actively goes to the well and promotes this thing. Gosh, I will say likely. Likely. The bigger question, though. The NMF title is defended by Stephen Thompson. <laughs> I hope he does do it. Um... <laughs> At the very least, we're going to get like a lineal version of this title that exists for people yeah. out there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Uh, now, him walking around with it and whatnot is uh, is... Is that okay, or does the UFC have to promote it like they did the BMF? We'll say that this is a more loose uh, definition of being defended, because with all due respect, I don't think the UFC will be actively uh, promoting yeah. this. But we'll we'll give you we'll give you significant leeway on this one if it happens. Yeah, I'll say likely. Ronda Rousey attends attends a UFC event. Wow, I will say unlikely. Unlikely. Do you think that she will wrestle a WWE match this year? Is this an official one? We're going to make it an official one. <laughs> um, I feel like I should be asking you this. I will after I make my pick. Um, wrestle an official match, like promoted, not a run-in or something like that. Yeah, it's, a, it's an actual match. I will say Unlikely. Unlikely. You? I think she will this year. I think I think she'll come back and, and do something. Doesn't she want to have a kid? She does. That obviously throws a, a monkey wrench into things. But I, I'm still going to go out on a limb and say she does one. We'll see. Right. Uh, Jarzinho Rosenstruck fights for the UFC heavyweight title this year. Gosh. Um, very close. I will say Unlikely. Tito Ortiz finds a new company to fight for. So this is not Combate. <laughs> this is not Bellator. Yep. This is not UFC. There's, there's someone else out there. And Tito Ortiz adds his name to that company's roster. Unlikely. Unlikely. 
I mean, one championship coming to America. I mean, you almost think like this guy is just going to have to compete for everybody. Yeah. All right. But I don't see it happening. A new executive is brought in to replace Scott Coker at Bellator. Oh. Bellator goes a different direction. Yeah. Uh, We are coming up on six years of the Scott Coker era in Bellator. Isn't that crazy? Jeez, Louise. Time is really flying. Uh, I will say unlikely. All right. They're going to stick with Scott Coker. Cain Velasquez wins a WWE title. This can be any WWE title, but he wins a physical championship in WWE this year. Before I answer that one, what was that name that King Mo called Bjorn Rebney on the Bellator pay-per-view? Remember he called him like a name on the the lone Bellator pay-per-view, and it was like a month before he got ousted. Do you remember this? Oh, I can't remember the name he called him, but I remember this interview. It was like on the show. It was on the broadcast. Did he call him like a a D-rider or something? Yes, that was it. (laughs) Uh, That was good. Um, Remember the MM AAA? Remember that? Oh my God, that was what, what a run they had! What a great, what a legacy! What a great footnote! Yeah, speaking of Donald Cerrone, he pretty much ruined the whole thing. Um, he cracked like three days later. I remember being uh, it because uh, they were in Toronto, like just that week. Yeah, and I remember seeing like Dana go off and chat chatting with, with Cerrone at like the media day or something like that. And I think it was like the first time they'd seen each other since that press conference or something like that. God knows what was said. Yeah, he's like, I, I, I didn't know what they were talking about. I was just there to, uh, you know, I was just there to get a picture. Uh, the one thing I still haven't figured out, remember his eye was all messed up? Was that real or not? I still haven't decided because in the pictures, his eye is messed up. This is Donald Cerrone. Yeah. You remember this? I Oh, I definitely remember this. I mean, I always believed it was real. Um, I didn't believe it. He st- fought. He fought. Like a week later and it was all good. I don't know. Be, be, being clear to fight to me is like, I, I don't know. I don't even know what, what like the bar is that necessarily I, I give yeah. faith that they would stop a fight from happening. But I guess this is one of those, uh, those mysteries. Uh, is, is that, uh, wh- wh- where are we in the, uh, the relationship with Donald? Are we on an up or a down? Oh, right me? Now? Yes. Oh, we are oh. down. We oh. are, we are, we are like Ben Askren circa 2010 down or whenever that was. Um, I asked him to come on the show multiple times. He said no, and uh, which doesn't bother me. I mean, he could say no. He he has every right to say no. I will say what kind of bummed me out is that he didn't allow uh, members of his team who would have come on. Uh, he didn't allow them to come on. I, I don't know. I found that to be a little disappointing. Um, what did I do? I just had like I gave my opinion on my own show. And I don't feel like I was disrespectful. I don't even think I was wrong. But I've been here before, and we survive. I feel, I feel um, you always get out on the other end, though, with the with these things, where it always has a... I mean, you've been very good about, uh, you know, the ones that uh, come to mind, like whether it be with Quentin, uh, Tito. Yeah. I mean, you've, you, you've been through this game Ashton. at this point. This is kind of just, I mean, you've got to like shrug your well, shoulders you know at, this stuff at this point. You know what happens? Is they, when need they, you. Need they need you. They need you, Ariel. Yeah. 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 Like when, when things are going well, they uh, feel empowered to do this. And then uh, whenever they need me, 
you know. But Donald strikes me. I mean, Donald never really liked coming on the show to begin with. I think off the top of my head, he's only been on the show once, maybe twice max in the past. Um, so I could see him sticking to this grudge. I just think it's a silly one. Like, what are we talking about here, Donald? And I feel like I've been really good to him over the years. It's just crazy. Like, you could be cool to someone for nine years, and you say one thing that they perceive as a slight, and you're dead to them. Like, just dead. It's crazy. Um, but anyhow, uh, what was the question again? I, I forgot. Oh, this was Kane Velasquez winning a WWE title. Oh, <laughs> how do we even get to that? Um, that is crazy. Uh, I will go with unlikely. Unlikely. The uh, MMAAA alumni, Kane Velasquez, unlikely to win a WWE title. Yes. No, nor yes. form a union in WWE would be my assumption as well. Yes. Okay, this one. And if you have insight, let us know. Daniel Cormier participates in a WWE angle this year. Not a match, just an angle. Oh. Man. Uh, angle? Man, I don't have high hopes for the Kane run right now in WWE. I really feel like they dropped the ball. So I will say unlikely. Unlikely. I think they would love to use this guy in, in any form or fashion they oh, could. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, Triple H himself told me. I, I think it, it should be great, but I always hold my breath. Like, we, we will see. I think they, they want to wait for him to finish his career, get it out of his system, and then they'll re-engage. There is zero business conducted throughout this year between Dana White and Floyd Mayweather Jr. There is huh. nothing that materializes. Likely. Likely. Frank Mir does one wrestling match with WWE. I realize I've, I've done a throw. I'm throwing a lot of pro wrestling at you here, so I apologize. But uh, yeah, man, I feel I like know. WWE. It's like they're just, you know, they're desperate for opponents for Brock and they're going to the MMA. Well, which I mean, Frank Mir has kind of dedicated himself to now. Yeah, uh, I feel like that's a, a solid one. But I will go with and how many matches has he had one? Um, I saw one of his matches at WrestleMania weekend. Uh, he's done a few in Vegas. He's, I, I think he's done like a okay. handful. He's working with Austin Aries. How is he? Uh, he, he didn't strike the match. I saw it might've been his first match. That was back in April. He didn't really do much for me. It was also very quick. It was like two minutes. So, um, oh. ultimately for him, it's going to be his promos that are going to set him apart, which is something that. Kane really didn't have in WWE. It's almost like if you could, honestly, if you were WWE and you're looking at the two of them, I could see them much more looking at Frank Mir to get the most out of it. Because with Kane, I mean, it's to me, he's a completely different person under that mask, and they took that away from him. Yeah. Oh, uh, you're 100 percent right. The mask gave him confidence, um, and and actually helped in a weird way. I think get him out of his shell. I remember when he put the mask on on my show and it was only when he had the mask on was he smiling. You know, like genuinely happy. What what a uh that one really bothers me. Um anyway. Frank Mir. Wait, what was the, Frank Mir, yeah. Uh that he will he will compete in WWE. Does at least one match in WWE. I'll say unlikely. Um, I think that the Kane experience will get them to pump the brakes. All right. We've got a few more here. 
And I'm going to warn you, okay. the, we're building up to maybe two of the most bold ones I have ever thrown at you. Oh. So, so get ready. Uh, but first we go to Bellator and Alima Lay McFarland fights Paige Van Zandt in Hawaii this year. Wow. Could you imagine? Yeah, that's a fun one. Uh, I'll say likely. All right. Now, just, just to, um, just to make sure if they fight in like San Jose, does it count or it has to be Hawaii? If they fight, you'll get this one. I will put this in brackets. So we don't have to be location specific. Okay. I, th- I think if they fight, that's, that's enough of a, uh, of a forecast. I want you to make note of this when you record the picks that my heart is saying yes, but my mind is saying no. Okay. Duly noted. Oh, right. So next one, Macy Barber is deemed the number one contender to fight Valentina Shevchenko. So the fight doesn't have to have necessarily happened, but at the end of this year, she is considered the next in line to fight Valentina Shevchenko or the fight actually happens this year. I think it's too soon, but the problem is there's not a lot of 25ers, so I'll say likely. Oh, a likely. I feel I'm getting a lot more likelies out of you this year. Really? I think, we're, I think we have a good mix here. A former UFC champion competes in the PFL's upcoming season. Former UFC champion competes in Man. Who's out there? Tim, I will say Tim like Sylvia. Huh. That's a good one. I will say likely. All right, likely. You would think like their their phones would just be burning up when people are just looking at this prize money here. Yeah, I agree. All right, we have two final ones here, okay? And these, Uh-oh. definitely think about them before you commit to an answer, okay? Yeah. So of okay. the current male UFC champions, Stipe Miocic, John Jones, Israel Adesanya, Kamaru Usman, Habib Nurmagomedov, Alexander Volkanovsky, and Henry Cejudo. And we're going to throw out the situation at flyweight right now. So of those male champions from heavyweight down to bantamweight, each one of them is still champion of their respective division on January 1st, 2021. So the entire group has to be still champion. There is not one title change involving the male champions in the UFC this year. Unlikely. Unlikely. Yeah. Do you care to... I feel uh, like that's just kind of easy just based on like just the math. Like that that would be almost impossible. All right. I personally, I think there's a chance of this happening. It's a small I mean, there's one. There's a chance. I think you have some dominant champions right now, and you'd have to have some, certainly some some luck on your side here. But I think it's possible. It's possible, but I'll go with unlikely. All right. Someone's bound to lose. And of the current female champions, Amanda Nunez, Valentina Shevchenko, and Zhang Wei Li, those three are still champions on January 1st, 2021. This is a tough one. 
This is a real tough one. I think. I think. I think Zhang Wei Li is the I biggest think, liability of those three. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'll still go unlikely. Unlikely. All right. Well, that's our list, Ariel. I, th- I think we, we got pretty comprehensive uh, here. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot there. Uh, we covered a lot of ground. I, 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 I feel like this is accurate. I, I'm not usually very confident with my picks. Like I thought I actually did horribly last year, just remembering how I felt when we got off and not actually remembering my, my picks. Um, but he dominated last year. You set, you set a new record. I mean, you, I you set the bar so I know, high. I, I don't know if this one can be topped. Was it the same amount of questions this time? We did. Well, I added a bonus one in there. So yeah, we'd have 31 altogether here. Wow. Okay. So I have to be 26. That's the record. Do you happen to know the worst I've ever done? That I would have to go back. I, I'd have to look. Yeah. 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 I thought you had an Excel sheet and you just had like pages, you know? I really should. I, re- I should really do the deep research into all of these. Although some yeah. of those years you have know, just gone into the abyss. So it's, it's, uh, it's tough. You should uh, hire New York Rick for that. He's great at Excel. Who knows where New York Rick will be a, a year from now? I feel he's just like I know what ascending what the, uh, the the ladder. Funny. I mean, the, oh, he's an absolute rock star. That he's he's more well liked than I am. The guy just walks around. He's, he's just a man. He's a social media guru. Well, you're a star maker. Very proud there, of him. there at ESPN. I mean, it's uh, quite the story to watch you two in the world yeah. of ESPN. Who would have thought? And, and still, you always come back to to do this show. So we. I know it gets very difficult at ESPN. My, through my sources, I've heard it, it's it's very difficult to schedule uh, ESPNers to, really? to come on. That it, it can be very difficult. Your sources say that. I, I hear sometimes it's it's hard to like. Well, if you know, if you want to request an interview or or get somebody wow. on, there's like a whole chain of command to go through. Well, this is very inside baseball, um, as they say. But uh, it's actually in my contract that I'm allowed to do this, and I don't have to ask for permission for this show only. Well, that's that's why you've got the best representation out there. <laughs> Still looking out for the little guy, like John Pollock at, at yeah. Post Wrestling. Uh, well, Ariel, yeah. uh, I want to thank you so much for uh, for joining me here. And you are, uh, well, by the time people are listening to this, you are in Las Vegas. Uh, a, qu- a quick question, like you got to sit down with Conor McGregor and doing your show this week. I mean... Where where is that buzz level? Do you feel it's at the the level you anticipated for Conor McGregor's first fight in about a year and a half now? I feel it, man. I really do. I, I think that distance makes the heart grow fonder, and I think people are nostalgic about that 2015-2016 time. It was so much fun. I think that this little mini break has really helped. I mean, it's crazy to talk about essentially a three-week break that feels like, you know, three months. It feels like opening day. You know what I mean? Because it feels like, you know, that South Korea card was in the middle of the the night, essentially early morning, December 21st, holidays. A lot of people, I'm sure, were not around. 
And so the last show kind of feels like it was the December 14th pay-per-view UFC 245, which was a tremendous uh, card on paper. And, and so this will be essentially a month, a little over a month later. And that's very rare for the UFC. And they couldn't have, you know, they couldn't have laid this out better in the sense that you have three weeks to just talk about Connor, get ready for Connor. And in talking to people close to him, I was hearing, oh, best camp ever, best shape ever, best mindset ever. And I'll be honest, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Cliche, cliche. I've heard this a million times. Best camp, blah, blah, blah. And then when I talked to him, man, I, I believed it. And maybe I'm a sucker, uh, but there is just a whole different vibe about him. I've never seen him this calm, this zen-like, this... I mean, he's been happy, of course, but it's just a different guy. It almost feels like a guy who, like, was on the brink and and saw it in front of him, like, all kind of slipping away and has a new found perspective and is a family man and is not spending his money like he was. I don't know. Maybe I'm falling for it. Uh, I, I, I remember being in a similar situation with John Jones, and he was telling me about, you know, his new life and all this stuff. And of course he stumbled again, but uh, being in front of Connor and uh, hearing him and listening to his reasoning for why Cerrone and why 170 and all this stuff, I feel like there's a buzz. I, I think the reception to the interviews have been great and he had some great lines. He had one particular line that was tremendous. I thought uh, when he said, uh, they think I'm toast, but I'm still the bread. And I was just like, man, you're, you're, you're back. I feel like you're back. And, and let's be honest, Fighting someone like Cerrone is a much more favorable matchup than fighting someone like Khabib. Uh, this is a guy who's coming off two losses, not just two losses, two finishes. You know, and usually Connor's fighting people who are riding winning streaks, who are on highs. First time since Diego Brandao that he's fighting a guy coming off a loss. And uh, I think that's being overlooked as well. And he's coming off a loss as well, but he just seems to be a new, a new person. So uh, I feel the buzz. I think it'll be fun. And I, I think anyone who's being honest would admit that the sport is just a little more fun when he's around and, and thriving. And so I'm looking forward to this. Is, is this one show where you, you could see ESPN like kind of touting the success of this pay-per-view? Because that's one thing. It's kind of a difficult task to kind of get a gauge on, you know, how some of these stars are hitting with the public when you don't have th- those numbers attached to them. And I'm sure for some that that's good for others. It's, you know, it's just, it's, it's an easy way to gauge like whether the promotion of event truly hits with the public. Could you see this one? I mean, this is going to be a big fight on Saturday. The question is just how big is this fight going to be? Well, you know, um, I will say like in the previous era when everything was different with, you know, the, the pay-per-views, direct TV and demand, all that stuff, the companies themselves weren't touting the numbers. It was really just, Dave Meltzer, who had incredible sources built up over the years, who would have the numbers. I mean, everyone was going off of Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, and because this is so new, maybe he hasn't gotten those sources yet or developed those relationships. And, and these are hard numbers, and they keep them very close to their vest. But um, if it does incredibly well, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe there's talk of the success, but maybe not the actual numbers. I will say this, uh, without giving too much away, I mean, I've been at ESPN now for almost 19 months and um, I've never seen since I've been there in the less than two years, but you know, we've, we've done uh, what, like 18, 19 pay-per-views at this point, even pre the deal starting. 
never seen this kind of resources uh, being put into one show and uh, the plans and, you know, sports center being out there and all the shows. And I mean, like I said, at the top, I usually go on Thursday and uh, I'm going on Tuesday uh, to just do more stuff and to do more stuff with Chael and all this stuff. And they're really pumping it up. And Connor was on the, uh, the pregame show for the college football championship on Monday. And we're really getting to see, you know, ESPN slash ABC muscle um, behind a UFC event so much so that uh, there's actually a pre-fight show on Saturday afternoon leading into Clippers versus Pelicans on ABC um, that will air at 2 p.m. Eastern, a, a UFC pre-fight show on ABC, which is kind of crazy. Um, and some big names are going to be involved in that. So I, I think that they're really going to go, and I think as the week goes on, uh, you'll, you'll see more of that. So, yeah, it's, it's really exciting to see like how the machine works and how they all kind of come together for these big fights. There's a part of me that wishes it would be like this for every show, but that's the Connor effect. He's larger than life and he's the biggest name. And um, I'm happy that they're getting behind it the way they are. And imagine if he wins, like it will only get bigger, right? I, I, all he has to do is win this one, get on the microphone. Everyone will be eating out of his hand again and stay out of trouble. Most importantly, like imagine the next one, like it's only big fights once again from here. And uh, I think, We've never seen anything like this before in the history of the sport. Like a, imagine a thriving Connor in the ESPN era uh, will be a lot different than a thriving Connor in the Fox era, in my opinion. So it'll be interesting. It, it kind of, it's not an exact parallel, but it reminds me a little bit of Tito Ortiz's 2006, maybe in a little different order, where you just saw, you know, you laid out these fights from Forrest. The two with Ken Shamrock, one of them was kind of an unexpected bonus. And then it all led to this big fight at the end of the year with Chuck Liddell at 66. And, you know, I I don't think uh, Donald Cerrone is necessarily a, a Ken Shamrock of 2006. But I think Conor McGregor is a sizable favorite going into this fight with the idea that this is going to build towards something bigger. And you've laid out the potential of three massive fights this year. Um centered around conor mcgregor and i think even losing along the way you you can still have an enormous year if conor mcgregor is adamant on fighting two to three times this year yeah no it's a great analogy i mean obviously he's on a different planet but i understand the point um and i agree to an extent about the losing but i don't think he can lose this one i think if he loses this one this one's important it, it won't yeah, this one's really important. Like he can win this one and lose the next one and then get a third one. And that's cool, but it will be tough to lose this one. Um, obviously he plays by a different set of rules and he's just really popular. I mean, look at the, the tumultuous year that he had last year and still, you know, he's still very much a huge draw and beloved. Um, and I always get excited when people come up to me like, Oh, tell me about this fight and who's he fighting and, and all that stuff. So clearly it's breaking through. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think, I think it's, it's a, it's a really interesting analogy. And, you know, with Connor, there is something to be said, uh, for everything he's been through. Like, people are just drawn to reclamation projects and, uh, people are drawn to the idea of someone's back or someone's change as opposed to just like someone's coming off a loss. Like, that's pretty common. But I mean, he really had a horrible year. Uh, the kind of year where he started to like look like a, a stereotype, right? For the fighter who had it all and it was all slipping away. And along the way, lost fans. And, and that's 100% fact. But man, 
I can guarantee you all those fans who online are saying, oh, I'm, I'm off the bandwagon or whatever. I guarantee you they'll all be watching and I guarantee you they'll get excited if he wins and is talking about, you know, X, Y, and Z afterwards. So if he wins, wow, there's a lot that they can do. Um, and then it gets really interesting. And, and I'm, I'm really curious. Like, I, I think he's going to look really good in this fight. And I'm really curious to see how quickly they're able to get him back. Cause I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. They have a pay-per-view on March 7th and, uh, they have Zhang Wei Li against Joanna, as we talked about. And the main event slot is open right now because their talks with Adesanya aren't going really well. And, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins quickly if they try to turn him around for that card. Wow. That would be, that'd be quite the, quite the turnaround to, cause yeah, that, that March card needs, needs something that, that qualifies as something if they could, uh, be able yep. to, to put that all together. Well, Ariel, uh, I, I, I've kept you, uh, a lengthy amount of time here. I, I'm, I'm hoping that this was a, an enjoyable ride home for you. It was amazing. Yes. You have, uh, you've actually been a huge help. This ride home after my show is two hours long. And we've been on the phone for like an hour and 15 minutes. And uh, you've you've actually helped me more than I've helped you. So thank you very much for the time and for having me. And once again, you guys are doing great work. And it's such an inspiration to see what you and Wei have built. Uh, it really is for, for journalists everywhere. I, I tell people about what you guys uh, did on your own. I've told this story many times to young journalists. So keep it up. And it's always an honor being on postwrestling.com. Well, you can follow all of Ariel's coverage this week. Uh, he will be all over the UFC 246 coverage for ESPN, of course. Ariel Hawani's MMA show airs Mondays at 1 p.m. Check out his show on Wednesday with Chael and, uh, with, with Chael Sonnen. So much to follow this man with. And, uh, final thing, what, where can people check out the, uh, uh, the coverage on Saturday, um, that you'll be doing from Vegas? Oh, yeah. Uh, YouTube.com slash ESPN MMA. And obviously a ton of stuff on uh, sports center. And also I'll be doing a three hour radio show on Saturday, which, uh, you know, I love radio. So I'm excited about that on ESPN radio coast to coast. Uh, you can also listen online if you're not in the United States or if you don't get ESPN radio, if you don't have Sirius uh, XM channel 80, I believe it is. Um, and I'm also doing a one hour radio show on Wednesday, uh, which we'll have on the podcast feed afterwards and a ton of coverage in uh, Vegas and that ABC pre-show on uh, ABC, 2 p.m. Eastern. So very exciting to be a part of this. This is this is the dream right here to to be a part of a big fight um, and cover it for you know this outlet. So it is an honor, and I'm looking forward to it. It's been a while since I felt excited like this about a fight. I'm getting old, John, and sometimes I I get anxious and sad when I leave my family, and I will feel that. But um, I'm excited to be covering this particular one well ariel we will all be following along and uh thank you as always for uh doing this show each and every year uh you have an eternal invite so it's uh thank you it will always be Email. uh appreciated uh the the years and years yes. maybe maybe next year uh may, maybe i will i will send you uh via snail mail an official invitation to be the true. mma Hand prediction show note. It might, yes. it might, it might happen for next year. Well, Ariel, thank you so much uh, for for joining us. And that is it, everybody. The prediction show is over, and then next year we will look back and we will all reflect on wow, there was not one UFC title change in 2020. John Pollock, what a 2020 foresight this man showed.
in this year.